Hey there, and welcome to the Smart and Simple Matters show with your host, Joel Zeslovsky. I almost feel like getting into a huddle with you and doing this football or basketball style. You ready? One, two, three, dominate! This is episode number 54. Yo, yo! I am so thankful that you've joined me for this episode of the show. Ah, let's face it, there is no smart and simple matters without you. Keep on rocking it for me, and more importantly, for yourself. I'm going to continue a recent run of shout-outs I've been giving to people for their iTunes review of what I'm cranking out here, and one of them today is from Jeff. He wrote, This is a very professional-sounding and well-thought-out podcast about minimalism and simple living. Joel is an excellent speaker, host, and interviewer. He does a wonderful job making his show all about his guests instead of himself, yet he can definitely hold his own with a solo show as well. Funny, insightful, entertaining, and packed with great resources and information. I especially enjoy the content on curating. You know it's a good podcast when you listen to all 50-plus episodes in one week. End of review. Man, thank you for those kind words, Jeff. Now, let's see if I can hold my own for another episode because I'm going solo today. You know it's got to be an important topic when I break it down by myself. So I'm hitting you with the crazy stories, surprising experiences, and amazing people of World Domination Summit 2014, which I attended in Portland, Oregon from July 10th through the 14th. Much more on that in a moment. First, and just so you don't think World Domination Summit, which I'll now refer to as WDS, was the only thing going on in July, let me share a couple of other cool experiences. Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, collectively known as The Minimalists, made an Everything That Remains book tour stop in St. Paul on July 20th. I had a great dinner with the guys before their event, and they packed a church with 250 people who wanted to hear their message of genuine relationships, passionate work, and deep service to others through minimalism. The guys asked me to introduce them in front of the crowd, and it was fun talking up the great, great impact that they have had in their pretty short run so far. Man, they're going to do big things. They've already done big things. And I wanted to make my intro all about them, but they practically begged me to mention Simple Rev, and the guys actually gave the upcoming Simple Rev event a couple of shout-outs as well during their talk. I tell you what, if you have a chance to be in Joshua and Ryan's presence, just make it happen. These guys are as authentic, warm, and inspiring as anyone that you're going to meet. And they know how to get people hugging, loving, and talking. Now, I also spent a couple of days up at our family's cabin in northern Minnesota with my wife, Melinda, our boys, Grant and Clark, and our close friends, Matt and Angie, plus their two little kiddos, oh, and my Aunt Char and Uncle Steve. Yes, I love technology, but it always feels so good to get away from it for a while and revive my humble roots as a simple creature. That's what we are as humans. We are simple beings. So sharing communal meals, taking hikes in the woods to find frogs with the kids, having a chili dip in the lake and reconnecting with people I love, what's better than that, right? The cool thing is I'll be heading back up to our cabin in a couple of weeks to meet my cousins and their families as they make an annual pilgrimage from Montana and the state of Washington back to the place where we spent so many days of our youth. There's going to be seven kids under eight years old for that trip. So I better make my meditation and yoga count right now. Okay. Let's shift back into WDS mode. Oh yeah, baby. I really have no idea how to chunk up my WDS 2014 experience in a logical way. Actually, I was going to write a blog post about this year's WDS experience like I did last year, and then I remembered I'm trying to write less and speak more. So, boom, 
you get a bonus SASM episode because I love my microphone much more than I love my keyboard. What I'm about to tell you, it's going to be fun, it's going to be engaging, and hopefully inspiring, but some of it may seem a little random. So just so it's not a total, uh, what the heck is Joel talking about, and where did that come from, and why is he telling me this, and does he have a point here kind of deal, I'm going to break this episode into four main sections. The first section is the longest one because it is all about the people of WES. And the people are the main reason why I attend and will keep coming back for more and more and more and more. The second section is about certain key speakers that impacted me and how their impact might help you as well. The third section is about the event itself, the production as I call it, and there are some mighty fine things to talk about there. Last, the fourth section is about the city of Portland and the food. Ooh, delicious Portland, I like you. You can handle this, we can do this together. You ready? Here we go. First, as a good curator, I believe I owe you some context. The reason why WDS is such a huge deal to me goes back to the first two WDS events in 2011 and 2012, which I didn't attend. But I had a number of friends who told me about their WDS experiences, and it made me feel like I had to attend WDS 2013. Like, I had no choice. I had to attend this crazy, awesome, magical, mystical WDS thing. And I heard all these crazy stories, read so many blog post recaps in 2012, and I thought to myself, but really? Really? This WDS thing? It can't possibly be that awesome, can it? So I scored my ticket to WDS 2013, and although I'm not here to talk about my 2013 experiences, but it was one of the top 10 experiences of my entire life. Yes, my entire life. So I'll link to the WDS 2013 blog post recap that I wrote in the show notes if you want to know more. My expectations, though, were sky high for 2013, but I wish, I wish I could have let you into my brain for the buildup to WDS 2014 so you could feel just the rabid anticipation that I had. And I kept asking myself, could 2014 possibly live up to my just out-of-this-world expectations? In a word, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Here's the deal starting with the main reason why WDS rocks me like a hurricane. It is totally the people. And a lot of the folks I'm going to mention have websites, which are linked to in the show notes at valueofsimple.com slash SASM054. Also, if you want to know how a dude like me with such a leaky brain remembers all this stuff... It's a little thing I like to call experience curating. Okay, so before I even got on my flight to Portland, I saw Christy Marek, who I had met at WDS 2013 and had seen a couple of times locally since then. We talked about why she was super excited about bringing out the creativity in children with terminal illnesses. She told me the story, her passion about she wants to bring intuitive writing, but also facilitate creativity in these kids who have so much to offer and so little time in which to do it to channel their wisdom into a written or visual form. Really inspiring to hear what she is up to and how she practices self-care. She's a really big self-care advocate and we talked a lot about what that means and how to do it. So even before I hopped on the flight, I was already charged and ready to go. And Christy and I, we took the train into downtown Portland, and I headed to the Cultured Caveman Paleo Cart. Oh, man, good stuff. But I'm I'm not going to talk about the food yet. I'll talk about that in a little bit. So I started off my WDS journey. This is a day and a half before any official event happened, by the way. I went to a freelance writers meetup, even though, of course, I'm not a freelance writer. These were all WDS folks, and I knew if they were WDS folks that there were going to be awesome people there. 
The first dude I met was a guy named Tom Frank, and he was wearing a Nerd Fitness t-shirt. So, of course, as a big Steve Cam and Nerd Fitness fan, we got along quite nicely. He told me about uh, his journey from recently graduating college, how he's looking to get more into speaking, his design skills with WordPress, and his simple living. Um, and I talked to him a fair bit about Simple Rev, and we just clicked really well. And as we went around the room and other people were talking, there was this Australian gal. Her name was Ellie Klein. And the first thing I heard from her is she described herself in terms of what she can offer to people. She said, I can offer laughter, which is true. She is a fun, loving, and funny lady who's also really into minimalism, and she's getting more into it, like especially the tiny house scene, which, man, tiny houses are just catching on internationally. It's so cool to see because I'm just a huge advocate for tiny houses as well. I'll be telling you more about that in a little bit. She wants to travel and be mobile, so she sold most of her stuff. And although she's not really into simple living for the spiritual side, like meditation, yoga, not really her thing, she just likes to feel light and travel light and not let her belongings weigh her down. Really cool chat with her. And she told me about the four different big sisters that she has had over the past six years in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. I'm really looking forward to connecting with her more. After the writers meet up, it was on to a pre-event event at this place called Punch Bowl Social. The first meaningful conversation I had with a guy named Jeff Reefman. And when I told him that I was interested in helping people slow the heck down, he just instantly mentioned that I should connect with a woman named Cecile Andrews back in his hometown of Seattle. Now, little did Jeff know that I had already recorded a podcast episode with Cecile just mere days before hopping on the plane to WDS, soon to be published, and I knew all about his attempts and Cecile's to relocalize their food sources and their energy into uh, transition towns and just the general relocalization movement, which is cool stuff. I'm still learning a lot about it, and he told me more about it. Uh, He also told me about, as a yogi, the mindset that he uses and how you can apply it outside the yoga studio. And he told me something I'm never going to forget. He said, it's really easy to experience the mindset as a yogi if you set your base emotional state as one that is in deep relaxation. That means you don't have to go far to get back into your yogi breathing and thinking. That's something that I've been practicing ever since I got back. Another cool conversation I had was with Kristen Brethova, and the first question I asked her, this is weird, like, who starts conversations with this kinds of questions? But you do this kind of thing at WDS. So I asked her, because she was coming into the middle of a conversation, I said, what's your version of simple? She told me that she's all about sustainability, that she's a maker, meaning that if she needs something, she tries to create it first instead of buying it. Like, she's really into mending. She... doesn't need a lot of stuff uh, and is definitely a minimalist. I met so many people who didn't necessarily label themselves as simple living enthusiasts or minimalists, but were totally living that lifestyle uh, and approaching it for really what I feel are the right reasons and doing it more than just a lifestyle thing. They're also doing it to make a statement and to try to make change beyond them, beyond their local community. Uh, Some people were even doing this thing worldwide. All right, so as I boogie out of there, I go to the Productivity Enthusiast Meetup. And again, I'm not a productivity enthusiast, but I do like the people who are in that world. A number of them, which are Simple Rev workshop leaders, like Mike Vardy, for example. He was there. Other workshop leaders, Saul of Hearts, Dave and Cheryl Balthrop, Brooks Duncan. It was just so cool to be in their presence. It was the first time that I met Saul uh, and Dave and Cheryl and Brooks live and in person. We just had a great conversation. And I got to tell you, I'm so grateful, not just there, but through the whole event, they were repping Simple Rev hardcore, both in front of me and when I wasn't around. Man, like to the point where people would come up to me and look at my name badge and be like, oh, oh, you're, oh, you're Joel. Dude, I was talking with Mike Vardy and he was telling me about the Simple Rev thing. Tell me more. And I'm probably blushing at that point in time, but wow, those guys were just so great in so many reasons, and it was a real treat to meet them. So the next day, 
Me and one of my close buddies, Ethan Waldman, we have breakfast at this place named Mother's Bistro. And just the two of us, it was awesome to just see my buddy again. We hung out for the first time in person last year at WDS and just to be able to hug him, to share a meal with a guy who's played such a big part in my plans for Value Simple, for this show, for Simple Rev. Uh, He's been one of the core members of my mastermind group for the last two years and just sitting in the park, looking out over the river, sharing stories about the relationships in our lives and just getting really deep. Uh, I was it was just a really great experience, which led perfectly this level of authenticity, which is huge at WDS. I went to this thing that was billed as an authentic relating event at noon. I didn't catch the whole thing, but so here's the premise. There were two circles of people. There was an inner circle and there was an outer circle. And most of these people were strangers. Like the four five people that I interacted with in the circles, I had no idea who they were. But Mike Rostowski, who was facilitating it, he basically said, just, just be quiet. Just look at this stranger and show them that you care for them. You know, give them your authentic self in a nonverbal way. I've never stared into a stranger's eyes like I did during this authentic relating event. And I never felt just I was radiating warmth, they were radiating warmth. And how much we communicated on a nonverbal scale was amazing. You know, we didn't, it wasn't awkward in any way at all. I just, I want to do that kind of authentic relating again, and maybe even the kind of event that I would facilitate. Now, I had to leave a little bit early from the authentic relating because I had some live your legend action, LYL. My man, Scott Dinsmore, was throwing a little shindig for about 200 people. And hey, whenever Scott's involved, I want to be there. Scott put on a great show for everybody. Uh, It was super noisy in there, which was a little bit of a bummer. And I tell you what, if you're ever having a conversation with me and it's really noisy, I don't really like shouting at you from two feet away. Especially if you're a fair bit shorter than I am, I can't really hear you. There's just something about the acoustics, but I did manage to have some cool conversations there. Nas and Leah, my Aussie friends, Aussie and awesome friends, I should say. Oh, Nas, if you're listening, you give the best hugs. And these two ladies are up to something special. They have this thing called Rock Your Purpose Live, and it's going on in Sydney, Australia in 2015. Just hearing them talk about it got me really pumped out. And I'm going to link to this Rock Your Purpose Live in the show notes because it looks all kinds of fantastic. I have no idea if it's possible, but I would love to join them for it in 2015. Still with me? Yep, yep, you are chugging right along. So the next one, I walked immediately over to a putty-like slash putty tribe meetup hosted by my friend Emily Wapnick. And it was just a very casual thing, just sitting in the grass on a hot day, talking about multi-potentialite stuff. Just a fun little meetup of some folks, pretty quick. But then I went over to a writer's meetup that Jeff Goins and a guy named Tim Grawl were co-hosting. And walking up to Jeff, who I'd known from the last WDS, just seeing him and Mike Vardy, (laughs) they were reenacting some scenes from the Lego movie with Superman and Green Lantern, which further led to more comic book book discussions. Flash, who was one of my favorites growing up, Firestorm, all this kind of pop culture stuff. I mean, I had tons of super serious, deep conversations there, but I can't tell you, some of these conversations were just so lighthearted and hilarious. Makes me want to see the Lego movie, but uh, it's on it's on the list. I just don't watch movies. I just I don't make it a priority with the two little dudes in the house and everything else that's going on. Maybe I'll get to it someday. But another conversation I had at that writers meetup was with a fellow named Andy Traub, who I knew a fair bit amount. He and I sat at a picnic table and chat for a bit on last WDS. And I know you don't have all the context here, but Andy was telling me so many profound things. You know, he said to me things that really stick like, I know a lot of men with big egos and bad marriages. We were talking about this concept of bad attention and how being an entrepreneur can be like uh, a high school kid 
where you focus on anyone willing to give you attention, even if it's bad attention. And Andy really, he's, he's doing great things. I'm really looking forward to reading his new book, Early to Rise for Entrepreneurs. He's going to talk more about how, as an entrepreneur, so many people pay more attention to their online followers than they do to their own family. And he's also a man of God, despite the fact that I am not. I really appreciated. He was telling me that he believes God will provide for his business, so he focuses on his family, whereas a lot of other entrepreneurs that he knows think that God will provide for their family, so they focus on their business. He'd like to see that flipped. One other cool conversation I had was with a guy named Stephen Shuach. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Sorry, Stephen. But he was telling me he's looking to create this website, which he already has called Bogus Belief Busters. I love his shtick. It's just awesome. He's looking to create these anti-superheroes and unsuperheroes to help other people kind of like him. Uh, he, he just straight up told me that he's a recovering jerk face as of about two and a half years ago. And he's gone through a lot of negative self-talk. And I, I talked about mine too. I, I still have negative self-talk. I've improved a lot, but sometimes my brain tries to put me down. And as much as I say, quiet brain, or I'm going to stab you with a Q-tip, it just keeps on running its mouth. But we had a really fun deep conversation, which led me to head to dinner after that with my man Joshua Becker of Becoming Minimalist. We went to this Lebanese place called Habibi, which I went to last year, and ah, just really cool place. He was telling me about his projects, his family. We shared stories about how our, in his case, great-grandfather, in my case, grandfather, came to America. Just Awesome, having some one-on-one time with Joshua and and getting real. And then we boogied out of there and we walked to the first official event of WDS, the opening party, which is where I met Michelle Russell of Enoughist. She was just railing about the corpocracy, as she calls it, and everything that prevents us from leading simple lives. Uh, I tell you, holy smokes, was she a firecracker, but in a really good way. Just uber passionate about the role of certain influences in our life and how it complicates and how it taints so many of the things that we get to experience. Um, she. She came across, and like me, uh, and she even admitted it to me and, and publicly, she's a bit judgmental, and I can be that way too. I can get a little bit on my soapbox, and I'm working on that too, but I tell you, she is definitely someone to watch as she gets her new website, enoughest.com, up to speed. I will be following along her journey closely. All right, and on to day three of my action in Portland for WDS. The first group-related thing that I did on that third day was meet with Live Your Legend local hosts. I have been a part of the Live Your Legend local movement for the past year or so. August 17th, 2013 was the first event here in Minneapolis-St. Paul where about 10 of us got together at a public library and we just had an amazing time. Now, there are Live Your Legend local hosts from throughout the world, and a lot of them were at this event that Scott Dinsmore coordinated. Uh, actually, Ben Fanning, who is one of the hosts, he was the primary coordinator of all this, which is awesome. Scott just suggested it, and Ben was all over it. There were about 20 of us there. Some people were eating food, but we were going around and talking about what our involvement has been, what's working, what's not working, suggestions for people in terms of landing a venue and themes for the event, just a super duper exchange of ideas and not just ideas, but exchange of energy too. being in the presence of these people who are just in deep alignment with me and me with them was just amazing. But that's kind of how it works when you are at WDS. So much love in the room, great conversations afterward. And then after that Live Your Legend action, later on in the day, there was a virtual freedom party. It was to celebrate Chris Ducker and his new book. Um, I'm a fan of Chris. I haven't read the book yet, but I will when it comes time, if it comes time to hire a virtual assistant. He is my go-to guy. But the kind of folks that he and Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas, who were co-hosting it with him, brought people I had conversations with, Natalie Sisson, Jonathan Mead. There were other cool conversations with folks I'd never met before. People like Mindy Hollihan and Matt Gartland. Just 
great energy, super loud in there too. And again, not a big fan of shouting at people from two feet away, but I got by. Kind of hung off in the corner, which was a little bit different for me because normally I'm in go-go gadget extrovert mode and I want to just mix it up and chat with everybody, but it's hard to communicate when it's so loud, especially when I'm like a foot and a half taller than some people. I just can't hear them. Anywho, the best conversation that I had was with a guy named Rob Cooper. Never heard about him before, but Rob was sharing his food forest journeys in Edmonton, Canada. Rob told me about this guy named Will Allen, who is based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and his urban gardening. This was in the context of Rob telling me about his food forest that he has been cultivating for the last couple of years. And although he's starting to get more long-term about it, he's starting to get a little less ambitious, meaning slow with his plans. He was talking about the diesel shortages in his region and how that may portend difficulties when it comes to transporting food to market. And he wants to increase his self-sufficiency and also relocalize, as is a buzzword these days, his food supply, meaning be able to get what he needs to sustain himself and his family locally. Great conversation with him. It continued. He and I and a bunch of other folks walked to dinner that night, and we just had a great time at this place called Lotus You know what got me really fired up, though? On the start of the fourth full day that I was in Portland, I hopped in the elevator in the morning on the way down to stand in line for the opening festivities of the official WDS action, and I met Kelly Scotty in the elevator on the way down. She was bright and chipper that morning, just like me. We got to chatting and walked towards the line together. And as we started peeling back the layers very quickly, discovering what made each other tick, she was telling me just a wild story about how she took a road trip over, I think she said about 35 days last year. This was after her initial WDS experience with her two sons, and she was just trying to get out of her comfort zone. She's somebody who likes a very organized space and nice things, and she wanted to try something that was unsettling to embrace the discomfort. And road tripping, I think she said 16 different towns, maybe a couple of Canadian provinces over a short period of time, often staying with fellow WDSers on her travels by coordinating with them through posts on the WDS unofficial Facebook page. We just, we made this awesome connection and we got really deep talking about just all kinds of stuff. And it almost reminded me last year, I had a very similar experience just standing in line talking with a a random woman. Her name was Jennifer O'Donnell and we hit it off instantly. We were sharing our love of Excel spreadsheets. Oh yeah. Toastmasters, curating, and all kinds of other stuff. Kelly and I kind of had that uh, instant gravitation to each other because of all of these shared things, having small boys, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful time. And then through the festivities during the course of the day, after the official WDS activity wrapped up, I had dinner with a good friend of mine named David Delp. We had a very long conversation about what faith means to me, what it means to him. Uh, David was telling me that his faith really boils down to two things, love and reason. It made a lot of sense as he explained it to me, but just talking about our shared journeys, he is recently identified as an atheist over the last year and a half. I've identified as an atheist pretty much for about a decade, and I told him about my painful separation from Judaism on a long walk to the closing party site. Well, just yet again, another wonderful conversation, this time with a good friend who I was already uh, totally at ease with. Ah, great times. Now, as I got to the closing party site, I talked to David Cameron. No, not that David Cameron, not the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Uh, David Cameron, who lives in Vancouver, Canada, in British Columbia. We spoke next to D. Williams' tiny house at the closing party. Uh, Just, of course, strangers, but hey, hugging it out right away. Great hug at the start and end of our chat. <laughs> this was kind of, this was funny, but not ha-ha funny. We started the conversation. I don't know how we got into it, but basically David recited a long poem over the course of about four or five minutes. He had to pause a few times to gather himself, but he got through it, and I was just intensely giving him my attention, you know, not breaking eye contact, feeling just very present. 
and listening to this poem that he was reciting, not necessarily for me, within the context of our conversation, uh, he's just getting into it more. He, he was talking about coordinating local activity in Vancouver, where he's trying to match tiny house owners living on the most expensive real estate in the world with people who have um, property, with houses, perhaps the elderly, so that they can have this symbiotic relationship, kind of like Dee Williams had with a woman whose land she lived on for nine and a half years named Rita. They can support each other. And the really cool thing about David, he's done event organizing, which of course got my attention because I'm interested in talking to anyone with event organizing experiences. Simple Rev comes up here darn soon. Just social entrepreneurship was a big theme of the conversation and he's just, he's really a strategist. A lot of people I met there just had a very strategic mind. They were great at doing and implementing, but in terms of creating a vision for themselves or for the folks that they worked with, that really sets a lot of people at WDS apart from other folks is that long-term vision, that strategic mindset, which anyone can have, but it really takes a while to cultivate, to work out for everybody. David was just sharing more about how he walks to work every day, preferably barefoot, his mindfulness practice, yoga and meditation really just seemed like a kindred spirit. And after I was done speaking with him, Dee Williams, who was standing next to her retirement home, all 56 square feet of it, I was just chatting with her a little bit and Dee asked me, Joel, would you like to stride with me? And Dee and I struck a superhero pose, and we were just striding along for about 15 seconds. It was funny and another little highlight. The last memorable conversation I had at the closing party was with Scott Birkin, who is an awesome author. I've actually read one of his books called Confessions of a Public Speaker, and I started the conversation by telling him how I curated his book, in a spreadsheet, and he was genuinely curious to know what I took away and how I extracted value from his book. So I followed up, I gave him some information about experience curating, uh, and then my buddies, Mike Vardy and Brooks Duncan were also there. We were talking about the art of the capture, which Mike is awesome at. I like to think that I'm pretty good at capturing whatever it is, mostly experiences, which could be anything. And Mike and Scott, they were sharing funny quips from uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedian movie and comparing notes about the role of improv and comedy and how they approach public speaking. Really cool to see these two just exchanging wisdom about how you communicate, how you captivate an audience and make sure that you're just constantly grabbing them and re-engaging them. Side note, if you want to have fun, invite Mike Vardy to your party. Man, he is a good, good guy with a lot of wonderful wisdom and a lot of humor. Okay, now it's day five. The morning after Joshua Becker and I, we walked back to the closing party site, which was pretty much all broken down from a just a festive environment 12 hours earlier, and we helped Dee Williams hitch up her retirement tiny house to her pickup truck as she was leaving town. It was just so cool. I didn't ask Joshua to do any of this, but he landed a podcast interview for me with Dee. Look forward to that one in the near future. Seeing her dog, Oli, running around, and he was super cute, just petting him and talking with Dee and Joshua. Just Seeing how genuine Dee was, how grateful she was to have us help her hitch her tiny house to her truck, which there's a story behind why we were there in the first place. Save it for some other time. It just, it, it didn't seem like much, but it doesn't take a lot to have the hugs flowing, to have the gratitude flowing. So cool to be in the presence of Joshua and Dee at the same time and see Dee off as she hopped in her pickup truck, took a great picture of her and her dog Oli hanging out the window saying, see you later. So Joshua and I walked back into town for our last hurrah, or at least my last hurrah of WDS. We went to lunch with Josh Becker, not to be confused with Joshua Becker, who was also there, Aaron Kennard, and a guy named Brian. I didn't catch his last name. 
the topics that we were discussing there, you know, so Josh Becker, he has this really unique view of forgiveness. And we were discussing whether it's selfish to ask for forgiveness and whether asking for forgiveness assumes that the person you're asking it of has already healed from the wrong or the slight that you've done to them. And that's where Aaron picked up and he was telling us about his version of forgiveness and his story, you know, the, an illness that caused him to drop 50 pounds in about six months and almost killed him when his colon burst in about five places. He was talking about this intense suffering that he had over this six months and how he eventually turned that into joy. And he has a popular book where he summed up uh, his philosophy, which is also in his Twitter bio. He says, I don't believe in bad days. They don't exist as far as I'm concerned. Everything is conspiring for our benefit. Uh, and I asked him a little bit. I said, you sound like you're a bit of a stoic, which he didn't really know what that was. And I explained to him about somebody who uh, faces adversity all with willingly, like challenges themselves to put themselves into position to be in adverse situations, even if they don't have to, which led to him explaining this Hawaiian word, which I'm going to mispronounce, ho-o-pono-pono, which means it's, it's kind of like a, a combination of words. It's this one word, and it means, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. That whole conversation with the five of us over lunch, and again, these are five guys, most of who don't really know each other. Normally, when you get five guys around, you're talking about sports and, and common things, which is totally cool, but the depth, the authenticity, the quality of our conversation, <laughs> at one point, I joked, I said, I wish, I wish I were recording our chat so that people could understand just how cool it is to connect with people at WDS and the kinds of things that people discuss. So as I said my farewell to the guys, I hopped on the light rail back to the airport and you'd think, hey, done. But no, nope, after getting through security, I saw some folks with WDS t-shirts and we continued the conversation waiting for our flight at the gate and just had a lovely time there. Uh, so there is your recap of my conversations and all of these amazing people that I met. Of course, I'm leaving some other folks out, but I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking to you about the speakers who were part of the festivities and were absolutely dynamite as well. In chronological order, first up was A.J. Jacobs, who is an author and pretty much a comedian. He was hilarious saying things like, I'm Jewish, but I'm Jewish in the same way the Olive Garden is Italian. That's good stuff. Uh, but the main theme of A.J.'s talk was summed up in seven words. Be bold, be experimental, do it strategically. He was talking about this sense of radical gratitude where he pretends to be a better person and then he becomes a better person, explaining how the outer layers shape the inner layers. But the main thing that he was talking about was the theme of his upcoming book and event, treating each other with more kindness Kindness when we believe that we are related to each other, even if it's super far removed. So a running joke throughout the rest of the event after AJ talked was, hey, we're all cousins. He was talking about how we're not just the same species as humans, we're the same family. And he even was able to get his picture taken with former President George H.W. Bush when he called up his uh, staff and said, hey, I'm George's cousin, and I'm going to be in town. I would like to have a visit with him <laughs> and a great picture. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but this book that he's writing and this project where he's having the world's biggest family reunion in 2015 in New York City, it is definitely worth checking out. And he summed up his talk by saying, we're not the human race, we're the human family. And if you and I, think about that for a second, if you and I thought of each other as cousins, even if we're seven times removed and however that stuff works, would we, teach each other, would we treat each other with more respect, with more kindness, with more love? Would we be more authentic with each other and vulnerable? I think we would. And AJ is out to prove that to be true and already has to a great extent. <laughs> 
Next up was Jada Selner and her her big themes. She had three steps that she was not just encouraging people to take who were listening, but uh, a framework, a roadmap to do them. The first one was say your dreams out loud. The second, take imperfect action. And the third, let go. This business that she has created, she's a, a serial entrepreneur who has only recently caught on and she's lived a life of hardship, but a life of joy as well. Simple Green Smoothies is her primary thing right now. And she was talking about things like every dollar that they make means that someone said yes to their health. And anything that compromises your health and relationships is not a sustainable business. She went on to talk about rules of building a community. And really at at the heart of it, she is a community builder and she puts off that vibe. She's talking about how do you court your community? It's something that I think about constantly. And the way that she was explaining it, she was saying social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, it's like a dance club. And then when people get to your website, it's like inviting them into your home. And when folks are on your email list, it's like taking them into your bedroom, getting more authentic with people and sharing more and deeper stuff. She was also talking about how she chooses love over metrics. And yeah, she measures her business, but she chooses love over any kind of bump in statistics that she can. And she even does this really cool thing. She says uh, Friday love notes where her team and she, they send people emails just with pure love. Having their weekend and having other people's weekend on such a happy note is such a great thing. When these talks are up on Vimeo, Chris Gillibo puts all of the WDS talks on his uh, personal Vimeo channel. Definitely check out Jada's talk. It was amazing in terms of actionable steps and community building exercises. Just wonderful stuff. The last speaker who I personally thought was just fantastic was Dee Williams of Tiny House fame. And her talk was all about heart. Literally and figuratively, Dee talked about her heart and how she had a heart attack when she was 40 years old and how she got out of debt by building her tiny house. You know, 10 grand and three months later, she had her own house and she was able to remove so much of the excess, find a sense of freedom by downsizing significantly and having the courage to follow her heart. Dee was talking about how we as humans, we imbue the human heart with so much to have a brave heart, a kind heart. And she asked, how do I go forward in my life with a broken heart? Both the figurative, when her friend and the woman that whose land she was living on for nine and a half years, Rita, when she died, she talked about just having her heart cleaved open by that. But eventually she became Dee Williams, the strider, who there was a a superhero theme. She wrapped this red towel around her back and was strutting around like Superman. Oh, we as the crowd ate it up. But she really needed to understand who she was. She had to get to know herself. And as a result of her journey into minimalism and tiny houses, she said the biggest thing that's changed is the quality of her relationships. And now the primary way that she measures success in how she is showing up with her friends. Is she present? Is she authentic? And the answer is yes, she is. A remarkable woman. I feel that everybody needs to learn Dee's story, and she just came out with a book called The Big Tiny. It's on my list, and I will be checking that out soon. The last speaker I want to comment on wasn't on the agenda. This was just an impromptu thing. Jonathan Fields held court of about 100 people in a little side building off of the main venue. And uh, on the last official day, it was Q&A session for about an hour and a quarter with Jonathan, whose framework I used uh, from Revolution U, which he created to to build a long-term vision for Simple Rev. I am just impressed as all heck with this dude. He was talking about how his job each day is to do what lights him up with the people that light him up for the people 
who light him up. And this wasn't all about Jonathan. You know, everyone was interested in what he had to say, but he had members of his team there. Christopher Carter, for example, KC of this epic life. And Jonathan was kicking things over to him saying, KC, talk about the role of meditation in our business and how it helps us. After a whole bunch of questions and a whole bunch of humble and insightful answers, the prompt that he left us with was, how can you do something that matters? when you don't know what matters? I think the answer is you can't do something that matters if you don't know why, what your values are, who you're aligned with, who you want to surround yourself with. And that's why the question of why is the first question that I've been asking since my personal renaissance began. It was just awesome. First time I've been in Jonathan's presence and I just want more and more of it. So that's all I got for you for now for the speakers. But hey, no, no, don't go anywhere. Uh, I'm not done. I've got a couple more segments that I think you're going to dig. And the third one that I want to talk about is the production of the event itself. First of all, the badge itself. I've got it in my hand right here. And except for a couple of typography issues, the font size, a little bit small. They're circular, they're foam, and waterproof, and it almost feels like it's a medal, like that they've handed you a medal. The design is super cool, and it's indicative of the sense of community that they have that they build right into the badges. And really, the three themes of World Domination Summit are community, adventure, and service for me, it's about the community. I'm all in, I'm all for adventure. I'm all for being of service to others. But the community, the event organizers, Chris Gillibo, Tyler Tavorin, Sean Ogle, Michelle, who's the magician behind it all. There's a whole huge, huge team. They really show that they're in for WDS, for the love of the game, for community, for adventure, and for service. The volunteers. They have over 100 volunteers for the event, 100. I actually talked to one of them. There's a rigid application process just to be a volunteer for the event. They get people who are super duper committed. They're wearing orange shirts this year. And one of my favorite things, the high five line. This is just a little thing, but on the very first day, when the doors opened to the concert hall for the first time, there were volunteers everywhere. And as you walked into the concert hall, they were giving high fives to the left of you, to the right of you. I mean, what's, <laughs> I just, I loved it. I went back for seconds. I enjoyed it so much. Just going, tsh, tsh, tsh. giving high fives gets you so pumped up and the level of energy just instantly gets high. That's just a tiny little ch- touch when it comes to instructing the volunteers. Hey, give people directions, wear a smile, but how about giving them some high fives too? Just awesome stuff. And kind of along those lines in terms of building community, WDS, the event organizers, and my buddy Tyler Tavorin, who is the brains behind this, something called The Great Namaste. 800 and eight people gathered in downtown Portland to set a world record for the longest yoga chain. And I think to myself, <laughs> the longest yoga chain? Who thinks of these things? The answer, of course, is Tyler Tavorin, the WDS Adventures czar. Last year, they broke a world record, a Guinness World Record, for the world's longest float chain in a river. They had 600-plus people just amazing sense of bringing people together around a shared goal. In this case, it was the world's longest yoga chain and packing 808 people into a square in downtown Portland. Really, really cool to see Tyler there at the closing party. Uh, I've never seen him in person before in the four plus years that we've known each other. We've spoken so many times on Skype and I've been a friend and a fan of his work for so long. It's just super cool, and you get a sense of these are the types of people that they have on the core team, people who really embody the unconventional lifestyle of so many people who go there, the travel bug that so many people have, the service to others. Uh, So I want to move on, and I want to talk a little bit about the surprises, because it would not be WDS if they didn't surprise the heck out of everybody a number of times. 
One of the surprises was making four of the attendees' dreams come true. Uh, at the opening party, they set up this little tent with a video recorder inside where people, they called it a time capsule, and people were supposed to talk about who they are, what they will have achieved by the year 2020, so six years from now. And based on that footage that they captured, they saw you know one person wanted to write a book and they got this person time with David Fugate, who is an amazing literary agent. They brought him, this woman up on stage and they said, hey, we're going to make your dreams come true, Oprah Winfrey style. Three other attendees got the same kind of treatment where based on what they said, the folks, the organizers, just in about a day and a half, they put together this amazing package of experiences or gifts to help these people realize their dream that they have for themselves and for others, the kind of value that, that they're trying to give the world just, again, adds to the magic of the whole experience. And when I talk about WDS being magic, Michelle, who's the event organizer and the behind-the-scenes brains behind a lot of stuff, at one point in time, they had a smoke machine, and she came out with a, a cape on like a, like a magician, and she made an entrance and talked about her role as the magician of the event. It's really spectacular to see little things. So here's another example. Dee Williams, who I talked about a moment ago, who gave a talk on the heart and tiny houses and minimalism, she had that superhero theme going on, and D wore a red blanket around her neck, kind of like a Superman cape, during her talk. Now, 12 hours later at the closing party, the volunteers handed out blankets to every single attendee, almost 3,000 people, and half of the people who got their blankets put them on just like D. Williams did earlier in the day and warm around like a cape. I don't know if the WDS organizers coordinated this with D. Like they asked D a month or two ahead of time. Hey D, what's your shtick going to be? You know, what are you going to do during your event? Oh, oh, you're going to put on a cape and wear it like a superhero? Ha. Huh. I wonder, you know what we'll do at the closing ceremony? I, so, so what if there's 6 or 7 bucks? So what if it costs us 20 grand? We will give everybody blankets that they can wear like capes just like D Williams did earlier in the day. It's that kind of stuff. Just a little surprise. Yes, it cost them money, but the kind of impact, the kind of memories had, the pictures that people were taking with their blankets striking that superhero pose were priceless. And speaking of the closing event, one of the forms of entertainment that they had, get this. There was a hot air balloon tethered to the ground, but going up approximately 100 feet, and they were giving people trips in a hot air balloon at the closing party. And again, my question is, who does this? Who reserves a hot air balloon and gives hot air balloon rides at a closing party for an event? Well, the folks who put on WDS do. You know, you add that to, they did photo capturing. They have amazing photographers and videographers who are not just creating great things long-term, but they have editors who are repackaging real-time what's being captured, and they're putting together a montage for the next day at the event based on the activity that took place. These little things, this amazing team of, of hundreds of skilled, happy, just enthusiastic people, I get pumped up talking about it because I can see just how much love, just how much effort, the planning process, the strategy meetings that they must have around WDS it's really cool to see that in action and all of the surprises, all of the volunteers, the community building that they do down to the badges, an amazingly produced event. There's one last major thing that I want to hit on. I just told you about the people, the speakers, and the event production of WDS itself. Now, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Portland, Oregon, the city, the experience, and the food in 2014, I did not go exploring the city and go hiking like I did last year. Last year, on the first day I was there, I went into the hills. I saw amazing gardens and flowers and 
all kinds of unique architecture, residential and commercial. I went to the Pearl District and just walked around a variety of neighborhoods in Northwest and Northeast and Southeast Portland. It's basically broken up into five different segments, at least as far as the inner core goes. Portland itself, though, it is quirky. It is beautiful walkable, and they have amazing mass transit, both in terms of their light rail and in terms of their bus network. It's just really cool. Most American cities do not prioritize public transit. So to be in a place like Portland where they're all about getting around based on your public options without needing to have a car, a bike is an amazing option too. They make it surprisingly easy to get around with bike lanes and everything else. But the city itself has so much to offer and all of the residents, at least the ones that I interacted with, they're cool folks. They're curious. They are passionate about their slice of the world, their neighborhood, and always willing to talk up Portland. Nobody I know who lives there says, eh, uh, I'm just, I really wish that I could get out of Portland. So many people that I know who have visited uh, have relocated and decided to stay for a number of years. One of the reasons, a big reason perhaps, is the food. Now, whether you are a paleo dude like me, maybe you are a hardcore vegan on the other end of the spectrum, Portland has something for everyone. I'm just going to hit four different places that I've been that I recommend if you ever get to Portland yourself. First up is a place called Mother's Bistro, which I've been to breakfast twice. Man, that place is good. They cook all their stuff in either ghee, also known as clarified butter, or olive oil. So I don't need to ask how it's prepped. It's compatible with my paleo tastes. This last time around, I had an apple pork sausage and cheese scramble with red potato hash. It was delicious. Uh, The atmosphere, it's just so classy. And I really can't imagine a better bargain, for breakfast at least, or a better place to bring someone that you want to impress. Another absolute highlight is a Lebanese place called Habibi. My first time there last year, I had lamb kebabs, and this time around, I had beef kebabs. This year in particular, the service just stood out. The food is exceptional, of course, but Joshua Becker and I had dinner together, and the owner moved us to a new table. We were sitting outside. Uh, He felt kind of bad about it, and later he showered us with attention and funny jokes just creating a really cool environment for us. Like we felt like we were the only ones there, even though the place was packed. That's the level of attention that they give to not just us, but to other folks too. Just treating you with a level of specialness, I guess. And when you combine that with entrees that are relatively cheap based on the quality and the amount of food that you get, the atmosphere inside or out, it just more than justifies the price. A couple more places. Now, this one is unique, at least as far as the United States goes. There are four different cultured caveman locations. Three of them are food carts, and one of them, they happen to open a restaurant. It is 100% paleo-friendly, which I'm like, what? These things do not exist in the Midwest. Uh, Four of them just spread throughout the city, so no matter where you are, you're always relatively close to a cultured caveman stop. And I got to say, when you are in Portland, even if you're a raw foods vegan or a meat slamming meatitarian like me, you're going to eat well if you go to cultured caveman. One time I had mashed sweet potatoes with rosemary, mini meatballs, and then the guy asked me, he's like, hey, you want a little bit of bone broth poured over the top of it? And to that I said, oh, yeah, dump it, baby. Oh, so good. Now, speaking of the vegan end of the spectrum, I'm not, but a friend of mine was. We went to this place called Veggie Grill, which was probably the first vegan place that I've ever eaten at. I got to say, it was good. I had a salad with nuts and avocado and beets and a whole bunch of other stuff and really enjoyed it, which just goes to show no matter where you are, no matter what your tastes are, Portland has got you covered. And a lot of the places are relatively inexpensive, at least as far as my frame of reference goes. That is the people, the speakers, the event itself, and the Portland experience. 
Most of the people I spoke about with websites are linked to in the show notes. If you are particularly fascinated by anyone or conversation I have with them, you can find those show notes at valueofsimple.com slash SASM054. I want to give a special thanks to Kirsten Simmons, who let me share a sweet hotel room with her at Paramount for three of the four nights I was there. The other night I stayed with three other, although they were somewhat random people, it just worked out great. All I really need to know is that you're attending WDS, and I'm happy to share a train ride, a meal, or a place to stay. Everybody is just such classy, fascinating, positive, great, just great kind of person. Now, I'm sorry if I forgot to mention anyone who I had a meaningful conversation with at WDS. There were about a hundred of them, and I, as much as I try, and I do, I can't pack shout-outs and details about all of them into this episode. Oh, uh, Robin Teft, smart and simple matter super fan and all-around groovy woman. It was awesome to meet you in person as well. I know you're listening. So to recap, I'm more than inspired by WDS. It's the energy, the connection, and the spirit. I just open yourself up, and it almost becomes a part of you. And I want people to have that experience at Simple Rev in Minneapolis on October 3rd and 4th, but you're going to have a losing proposition anytime you're trying to compare your event to WDS. It's just a bad idea. So I couldn't imagine not going to WDS 2015 or 2016 or heck, uh, 2067 if it's still going on then. It's really that amazing. Do you have questions? about listening to my WDS recap. Maybe you want to start planning your WDS 2015 experience with me, even though it's 11 and a half months away. I am certainly game if you are. Send me an email, joel at valueofsimple.com. Hit me up on Twitter at Joel Zeslovsky or go to the Value of Simple contact page at valueofsimple.com slash contact dash me to see more ways to connect with me. Connection, my life is all about it, especially for the folks in my communities like you. So don't be shy. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Smart and Simple Matters. As I said at the start, this thing, this community, this energy that I feel, it doesn't exist unless I know that you are on the receiving end and that you're also going to give back to me and to everybody else who engages around Smart and Simple Matters. It's now time for your partner in simplifying to sign off again. You've just listened to the Smart and Simple Matters podcast with Joel Zeslowski, creator of all things value of simple. Simple.